Hello again and welcome to another edition of Market Radio, the voice of the markets and its leaders. I'm Pat Beechner. On this edition, Luke Jacoby, Director of Operations for Benzinga. Now, anyone familiar with the markets likely knows the name and the brand, but Benzing has evolved from simply one of a lot of financial resources and go-to news sources that it was back in the mid-2000s into a full-run, all-encompassing media distribution hub that now provides professionals with an edge with its Benzinga data. And the company is now hosting events and conferences. Its editorial staff is well over 70 now. And joining us is Luke Jacoby. Give us a bit of the backstory. Uh, we were born out of the Great Recession. And the reason that the need for Benzinga rose is because there's so much in misinformation going around. There were like, quote unquote, gurus. There were stock pickers, you know, there are advisors who are, you know, more or less self-motivated. And, and basically, you know, we, we had the philosophy of, there's not a lot of great, legitimate, straight news sources out there, especially for some of these smaller names. You know, the, the, the big stocks like the Apples and General Motors, sure, you can get a lot of good, just straight news on those. But there are thousands and thousands of, of mid-cap, small-cap, micro-cap stocks that, that were totally just being, being misrepresented or, or not represented at all. So, so that's where the, the need for the company arose out of. Luke, now fast forward 12 years to today, and the company commands tremendous audience numbers, 2.5 million unique visitors a month, over 5 million page views per month. For those listening, myself included, that has a radio show, how do you get those kinds of numbers? How? We've always approached things sort of from a, a, a 21st century lens, and I think that's one of the you know advantages that we have is that we're a relatively new company and, and can do things differently where, where you know some of the legacy outlets haven't been able to. So, so, so we've always looked at content with a newer, new age mindset of, you know, people want to be able to get in and out of things quickly. Uh, you know, we need to think about the mobile experience as, as a very significant part. Twitter, how does Twitter work into acquiring traffic and into people's reading experiences? And, and I think that we were really on the forefront of thinking about a lot of these problems, especially within the uh, financial space. And, and so that gave us a, a really big leg up on a lot of competitors. Luke, as you mentioned, you as a group are relatively young and uh, you started the business as a new business. When you make mention of the legacy systems, I don't think we have to name names, but uh, they'd been around for a long, long time. When you built Benzinga, was there an eye specifically to the younger crowd? Yep. And again, not millennials specifically, but, but definitely toward that younger crowd. We've viewed them as, you know, new faces that, that we can put our brand in front of that, that might not already have. Uh, as deep of relationships with, with other brands that are out there. Uh, and, you know, we are also a younger group here. You know, it's, it's the, you know, those are our peers. And so we, we can really well visualize, you know, how do we want to re receive information? How do we want to think about news? What, what things are important to us? And so that was definitely a driving force in a lot of those early decisions that we made. And of course, as you've succeeded, you've grown. Now, I mentioned as well that you uh, internally have a very strong editorial staff. Where are you at for numbers insofar as actual writers and staff? Uh, we're up to about 70 or so. I joined a couple years in and we were maybe about 10 or, or maybe 15. So we're getting there. Luke, earlier we touched on some of the base numbers, uh, unique page views, uh, visits per month, that sort of thing. But when I looked at the overall numbers, they are eye-popping. Can you round them out? 
Yeah, so the numbers that you mentioned with the 2.5 million visitors uh, in the page views, those are people coming to Benzinga.com directly on our site and reading the content on our site. One of the things that I, that I think is really compelling about what we've got going on is that we've built up a very large distribution network. When we were getting the business going, we didn't know how we would make money or where our revenues would be or what our products would be or anything along those lines. But we basically said, if we can get eyeballs, we can figure that out. So we spent a lot, a lot of energy in those early years building up a, a fairly large syndication network. So content that we write also gets published on Yahoo Finance, on MarketWatch, on Morningstar, TD Ameritrade, E-Trade, Robinhood, and, and the, the list goes on and on. So, so we have in total about 25 million people who are reading Benzinga content every month. Luke, when Benzinga started out, for the most part, at least in the eyes of many, it was a website. But now you've really, really evolved into actually providing professional tools. You have Benzinga data, things that the pros use. Yeah, absolutely. So, so everything that we do arose out of a need. I, I told the story of, you know, there was a need for fair coverage on some of these smaller mid-cap stocks. That, that was our initial starting point. Um, you know, one of the, the things that we're really well known for, especially in the active trading community, is our real-time breaking news wires. These are just, just quick flash alerts of, of news that's happening that could impact the price of a stock. You know, that came from the need of our users saying, I love this article that you guys wrote, but I, I want it quicker. Give me the quick blurb and then follow up with, with more context to the story. Uh, and then, you know, on the, on the data front, it was we had users who were telling us, hey, we're using XYZ legacy source for earnings dates, but every day there's a couple of them that are wrong. And we said, okay, we, we can solve that and, and we can do that ourselves. And every day you're not going to have a couple that are wrong. So, so that's really how the, the product suite developed. And as you alluded to your uh, editorial news staff, it is growing. If you can, for those working in the Benzinga environment, I know everyone's task and everyone's assignments are different, but for the average editor reporter at Benzinga, give us a rundown on their day. Well, one of the things about news I like to say is that there is no usual day. We, we are at the whim of, of what's going on in the world outside of us, and we've just got to do our best to, to try to maintain and keep keep our users up to speed on what's going on but you know we we are pretty proactive uh, about on the outreach side of things i, I think is something that, that sets us apart where we're not just an aggregator but when you know a, a story breaks we want to get to the source we want to see what the analysts are thinking we want to know what the hedge funds who may own a stock that had news come out about it, thinks of the news. So we are in full-out hustle mode, you know, from about 6 a.m. until about 6 p.m. When, when the news cycle starts to slow down. Luke, as you mentioned, a lot of the job of the editor-writers at Benzing is to actually take uh, repurposed news that's come in, write it in a legible form that makes sense and, and has context. Obviously, for the smaller companies, that's a bit of a challenge. The Boeings of the world, the... Uh, uh, the Disney's, you name it, whatever. The bigger companies, they have in-staff writers to craft their message. In the case of small caps, uh, a lot of the times it's the companies themselves writing the content. And as we know, poop in, poop out. How much of your editor and writer's jobs is rewriting things so people can understand it? Uh, a lot, a lot, a lot. And, and that's one of the things that I, I think you know makes us compelling is that We've really figured out a, a flavor of news that, that resonates really well with our readership. 
Uh, as an example, when you open a Benzinga story, it's going to be broken into, into three sections. It's going to be really simply what happens, why it matters, and what's next. Uh, and, and we've found that you know, when, when we can put our flavor on news and on developments, it, it goes a really long way in terms of readability and ultimately the, the reach that a story gets. Luke, are you looking for writers? Uh, absolutely. If, if you are a writer and you're listening, it's cooljobs at Benzinga.com. Luke Benzinga is also becoming a major presence in the conference industry. You've got a number of them coming up uh, throughout the United States, a few on the way shortly here. Where are they and when are they? Yep, we are doing eight events this year. Next up, we're actually hosting a cannabis investment event that's in Miami, February 24th and 25th. Basically, the point of it is to put interesting cannabis companies in front of investors that are interested in getting some exposure to the space. Uh, if you go to Benzinga.com uh, slash events, you can see our, our full eight event calendar there. Luke, we're shortly going to be up against the clock, but I want to thank you for taking the time. And again, for those that want to get more information on Benzinga, partner with Benzinga, work for Benzinga, write for Benzinga, where do folks go? Uh, easiest way, uh, if you, they want to send a message to licensing at Benzinga.com. Uh, again, that's licensing at Benzinga.com. It will get you in front of a whole slew of people. And you know, even if there's not an opportunity to partner now on something, we are always you know, interested in just having a conversation and you know, chatting with folks. Luke Jacoby, Director of Operations for Benzinga. All appropriate links are available on this player or visit Benzinga.com. Luke, thanks so much. Thank you.